You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Of the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. It is our week 15 recap. Another week in the books, DJ, and only a couple of weeks left to go to we get straight into that playoff action. But this week, kind of some some divisions in that a little bit more cloudy after this week, but a lot of situations kind of cleared up. A number of teams now mathematically out of the playoff hunt, and uh, some teams happier than others, I guess. But uh, I know I made a pick, DJ, on the preview podcast for the Packers to lose. We'll talk more about that. We get to that match, uh, one that. A lot of people were taken by surprise by I got a number of tweets about it, but um, I was proven correct, unfortunately, on that result. DJ, uh, how has your uh, weekend been? I know we went out for a couple of uh, pre-Christmas drinks on Saturday night, so I hope your uh, head's not too sore after the weekend. Yeah, good weekend overall, Colin, both on Saturday night and then with the Patriots getting the win over the Dolphins and securing the AFC East yet again. I said it at the start of the season, they would win it, and surprisingly well actually not surprisingly at all the Patriots did win it so <laughs> DJ was right yet again yeah so DJ was out pre-Sunday so this was Saturday night DJ was out already celebrating the victory in the division but uh, it all came to fruition as we'll talk more about DJ in just a few moments um as always, starting the show, Last Word on Sport are our partners here at Overtime Ireland. Do check out their website, lastwordonsport.com. Their Twitter handle is at lastwordonsport. They've got you covered for all sports, whether it is MMA, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, whatever you're into. Go there, check them out, lastwordonsport.com, and check out their Last Word on Sport radio network, as always. As I mentioned, you can hear us on there as well. DJ uh, Overtime Ireland, the website, of course, our Twitter handle is at Overtime Ireland. Plenty of interaction this weekend, was very interesting, getting lots of thoughts in from all you listeners, and uh, always encourage you to get in touch with us at the Twitter handle, that's at Overtime Ireland, and uh, we'll be giving away a t-shirt later on in the show for the closest to Greg score in that Seattle Seahawks game against the, the 49ers this past weekend, so looking forward to giving away that prize later on in the show, so stay tuned for that. So DJ, let's get straight into the, the weekend recap, let's get into our week 15 recap right now. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. So, DJ, as always, I'll let you take the reins. You can go in whatever game order you predict. Off you go. What's game number one this week on the recap? We'll start off with one of the highest-scoring games of the week, Colin, and that was the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. I think in the preview show, I backed the Cowboys, and especially the UK Cowboys <laughs> fan club. Yeah, I went the other way on this one, DJ, so I'm sure you're going to tell me I was wrong. Yeah, Colin, it looked like you weren't going to be right for a while. Dallas went into a big lead, then the Eagles came back, but Cowboys managed to pull it out of the bag, and they end up getting an 11-point victory. Yeah, this one, DJ, was one that, while watching it, it was almost a game of three segments. Cowboys go out storming to 21 nothing lead, then they go down 24-21, to and then they come back and win the game. So it was a kind of... Hard to figure out what way the game was going. It looked one-sided one way, then one-sided the other way, and then one-sided again to the Cowboys. So the Cowboys come out with another win, and it's another win on the road. They're undefeated on the road this season, so very, very good, very solid away from home. I thought they might slip up in this game because if you look at some of the opponents they've beaten in the last number of weeks, they've been teams with uh, losing records, not the not great teams. But they come in here into the Eagles' home, and uh, they, they get the win. And it was a game I was surprised with the result. Obviously, you weren't surprised you had picked this one. I thought uh, overall, DJ, I thought... Sanchez obviously lit in the game had a number of key turnovers which were very very poor throws the key to this DJ seemed to be 
I thought Des Bryant, particularly for the two touchdowns that he caught in the right side of the end zone, basically identical touchdowns. <laughs> you could nearly just, he was covered by two different men each time, but nearly identical, same play, and uh, picked up two touchdowns that were key late on in the game. I thought that the just the marking and up at the line of scrimmage, they were trying to get you know a push on Des to, to try and rewrite his route, but Des just so big, so strong, knocked uh, the defender out of the way, and off he goes for two touchdowns, uh, very, very similar plays, and I thought that was the, the key to the game. I thought... Could have went either way, but Tony Romo stepped up in the key moment and delivered the key passes. And a lot of the time, people give Romo stick for not delivering in the clutch moments, but in this game, DJ on the road delivers in the clutch and puts them to the top of the division. So they have the, the division title now in their hands. They just have to hold serve for the next number of weeks and get a, two more games to go to to seal seal that and seal their playoff spot. And the you know at the start of the season. I talked about it a number of times. I thought the defence was going to be very poor, in particular with Sean Lee getting injured in pre-season, but they've really proved me wrong and they've proved a lot of people wrong who were critical to start of the season. And I have to say, I think the coaching staff and the players there have done a fantastic job this season to get to this point at where they are at the moment. Come just looking at the playoff picture as it stands, a very mouth-watering game, I suppose you would call it, if things finish the way they are at the minute. It would be the Green Bay Packers taking on the Cowboys in the wild card round come yeah there's a couple of very interesting games DJ but when we talk now I suppose we'll go straight into that Packers game since you brought up the Packers position uh, I predicted as I mentioned a loss for the Packers and this one was a game that I was worried about I didn't see Rodgers playing as poorly as it was in this game but you know when you're on a sensational run similar DJ that I mentioned in the preview show when the Patriots lost to the Packers sometimes just doesn't work out for the team there was a number of key mistakes in this game whether it be drops I think it was 8 drops for the Packers the highest this season in the league was 7 or 8 I'm not 100% sure one of those drops, DJ, was by Jordy Nelson. And, you know, the, the Packers backed up deep in their own territory and uh, it would have been a 94-yard touchdown because I think if Nelson catches that ball, he's away to the races and I don't think he's been caught. Ball hits his hands and uh, he just doesn't hold on. Something that all this season, we've seen that so many times. You know, they go off play action, maybe Rodgers. And this year, instance, does a pump fake, pump fake and then... Uh, delivers the deep ball after Nelson has beat the coverage and you know it's just very surprising there was a number at the start of the game DJ a lot of miscommunications whether it be short routes or so on and so forth the Rodgers was throwing the ball the wide receiver was going on a different route so there was a lot of key communication errors and some of that might have been down to the crowd in Buffalo which was very loud I know the Packers were trying to use a lot of hand signals to you know instead of talking so there would be no miscommunication but maybe they got maybe they got their sign language not mixed up in the in the pre-match routine and uh, we're calling some plays that not everyone was on the same page, but I uh, have to give credit here to the Buffalo Bills, particularly the defense. DJ were ferocious. They had that there game or at the end, the safety after Rodgers had the strip sack, and you know that really sealed the deal. But throughout the whole game, very very ferocious defense, and you have to have to be impressed with what they're doing. I know the Seahawks are in phenomenal form, but Buffalo Bills have to be up there in the top two or three defenses in the league at the moment. And you know, there's a slight outside chance of a wild card spot for them. And you know, although they did beat the Packers, I'm going to hold no hard feelings to them here. I'd be delighted actually to see them scraping as a wild card because this is another team at the start of the season wasn't given much credit and, and particularly on the defensive side of the ball have put up a real brave fight and uh, have the team having a winning record which I have to say not too many of us predicted but like the Dallas Cowboys at the start of the season that they'd be in this position so a big win here for the for the Bills and you know the Packers need to bounce back next week DJ now they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next on the card and uh, need to need to win that if they win out they still win the division then we'll see where the, the seedings and all fall but they're playing uh, of course the Detroit Lions last game of the season in Lambeau Field so that there is even more crit- critical now Pittsburgh Steelers Kong in a 7 point win against the Falcons 
Yeah, this was an interesting one, DJ. Obviously, Julio Jones out, and that was a big swing in this. I, I predicted on the show that I thought the Falcons would win, but that was hinging on the fact that if Julio Jones played or not, Julio Jones didn't play. I had a bet about it on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game, and you know the score is closer than uh, maybe it should have been. I thought the Steelers had this one in control thoroughly throughout, and uh, there was a big pick six early in the game by Matt Ryan, and Gay took it back for the for the touchdown so I think that was his third pick six of the season it's the first time a Steelers defensive back has ever done that so big achievement for him there three pick sixes in the seasons good going uh, and I thought that there settled up the game Le'Veon Bell again you know he's he's not uh, he didn't have the game that he has over the last few weeks but still had a good game and uh, he scored both of their touchdowns so Ben Roethlisberger had a very very good game while the numbers weren't huge I was very impressed with his game overall and the Pittsburgh Steelers DJ you know we talked a few weeks ago that I was very wrong about my prediction at the start of the season of them being an outside chance of the Super Bowl well maybe that there's just maybe it's just tinkling up a little bit maybe there's a, a slight chance because you know this division's very tight but at the moment they're looking very good. There's a big call in this game Colm the officials got it badly wrong they flagged Steelers linebacker Jason Worlds for unnecessary roughness on a sack of Matt Ryan in the second quarter. Mm. What was your view on the play, Colin? Yeah, well, DJ, the key thing to take away from it is, obviously, I thought it was the wrong call. The way that Ryan was hit, it was a clean hit, but the way he was hit, his head snapped back. Obviously, the officials only get one view of it, and it looked like maybe helmet-to-helmet contact hitting the quarterback high, and the, the flag was thrown. Once the flag's thrown, there's not much more you can do about it. But they, this year led them then on to a touchdown, DJ, so... Three plays later, in fact, and uh, I think when you're looking around at things, a lot of these here calls on the quarterback seem to be leading to touchdowns. We've seen it too, we haven't got it yet, but the Seahawks game, similar call, the one in the Seahawks game a little bit more uh, in the grey, maybe a little bit more of a penalty than this here one, I didn't think this one should have been a penalty, but it led to a touchdown, as did the one in the Seahawks game, so there's a lot of these calls that are leading to big plays because it's a 15-yard penalty for roughing the, roughing the passer, moves the ball further downfield, obviously, usually when the Passers getting roughed like a fifteen yard. It's a fifteen yard pickup, so they're obviously a huge uh, advantage to the offense. I just thought that it was the wrong call, and it, it won't be talked about as much probably because the the Steelers got the win. But we'll see this here, DJ. A lot of times this season it has happened, and very questionable at times. But it is just a judgment call with the officiating crew, similar to pass interference, you know, holding and so on. So it's all they just get one luck and have to make that decision. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe in the off season, something maybe more. Uh, black and white of a decision come to on this and something that will be talked about quite a lot was Johnny Football's debut <laughs> will he be called Johnny Flat from now on yeah he didn't have uh, too much of the football and any time I seen him with the football it wasn't all that impressive didn't have a good day DJ Cleveland Browns shut out by the Cincinnati Bengals 30-0 to here in Cleveland which uh, has been you know, quite quite good this season for the Browns and uh, the home field advantage definitely didn't show in this one. Jeremy Hill had a big game. He did say after the Thursday night football DJ when they absolutely got hammered by the Browns that he wasn't all that impressed by the the Cleveland Browns. And in this game, he uh, you know he he lived up. He had 103 yards in the first half alone. So big big game for him in this one, getting some revenge and the Cincinnati Bengals and the whole team in truth getting revenge after. You know the the embarrassing performance by them at home and in, in that Thursday night game on primetime TV. So Dalton didn't have uh, the best game of his career, we'll say, but you know he got the job done. Thirty to nil. What more do you want? The quarterback gets the win. The team gets the win. And uh, as I mentioned, this division, this is the Browns now out of playoff contention, but the division is really, really, really tight, and it's going to be fascinating to watch how it finishes out. I suppose the big talking point is just Johnny Manziel didn't look ready and. 
uh, the Cleveland or the Cincinnati Bengals players. I'm sure they talked about it prior. They were just too all too happy to do the money money sign, rubbing the fingers together each and every time they got pressure to Johnny, whether it was an interception, a sack, you know, just a, a batted down pass, whatever. So uh, it looked like the Cincinnati Bengals defense really enjoyed this game. Yeah, when you're facing a quarterback that is. 10 out of 18 throws completed for just 80 yards mm. two picks and a third that was called back for a penalty could Brian Hoyer start next week or with the Browns been out of playoff contention will they stick with Johnny Manziel? No I think they'll they have to stick with Johnny now to see what they've got in this last two games see what he has to offer because you know he's their first round draft pick and they have to you know try and evaluate some way in a, a game time situ- or a real game situation what he has to offer and I don't think they'll draft a quarterback in this upcoming class, but you know you just have to have that all read out and see see how you're going to go moving forward. We were talking about this division DJ being extremely tight, and even more so now with the the next game and the Baltimore Ravens picked up a win against the Jaguars. The Jaguars put up a big fight in this game. It was kind of a game off field goals, nothing overly exciting from either team in it. You know, so obviously four field goals here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. There, twelve points. The Baltimore Ravens then, you know. Took them quite a bit of time to get any kind of offense in opposing territory. It was the defensive side of the ball that set them up for the first couple of points that they got. So I thought that uh, overall the Jaguars impressed again. It's like every week they they do impress you in flashes, DJ, but just consistency isn't uh, the best way to go. For the Jaguars, we'll see going into next season. Obviously, there's still a chance that number one overall draft pick, and we'll see what way they go with that. Obviously, I think they're they're set up a quarterback for the next couple of seasons. They're going to stick with Blake Bartles. Obviously, Joe Flacco has been playing very well in recent weeks on that side, on the Baltimore Ravens side, and uh, have been impressed. Uh, even you know the stretch that took them to the the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. He was absolutely phenomenal in that postseason. And you know, in the last three or four weeks, DJ has been going very very well, and Gary Kubiak who was the Houston Texans manager last year, has gone over to Baltimore doing the offensive coordinator role there. And I have to say that it's just fitting perfectly in with Joe Flacco's skill set. And he's been very, very impressive in recent weeks. It'll be interesting. Can he keep that going, DJ? And, you know, they're they're up there. The offense is underrated. And this next stat that I'm going to hit you with, I'm sure I'll just show you how underrated they are. They're ranked just below the Packers in the th- fewest three and outs this season. So, you know, they're keeping the offense in the field. And when you do that, it's going to tire out the opposing defense. But a lot of people were expecting a blowout performance here. I said on the podcast, I didn't think it would be a blowout. But in the end, they got the win. And that's all that was all that they needed. Indianapolis Colts column got the win over the Houston Texans. Only by seven points, though. Andrew Luck wasn't as impressive as he has been in recent weeks, but they still got the win that clinched the AFC South, and I'm sure that's all Colts fans are worried about. Yeah, as I mentioned with the last game, it's all about the win, but DJ, I mentioned on, I think it was last week's podcast, that people don't talk often enough about the, the errors in Luck's game. I know I, I like to I like watching him, and I do give him a lot of credit a lot of the time, but sometimes you just have to peel back that curtain a little bit and just watch what's happening. A lot of times he makes poor decisions, whether it be fumbles, interceptions or whatever, and uh, another game like the Browns game previously, although he did rescue it against the Browns and he won a game this week. He seems to get away with the mistakes a lot, and I suppose that's down to his mental strength, that if he makes a mistake, he, he doesn't mind coming back from it. But he threw a pick six in his third possession, and it's his seventh pick six coming into the league. So there is times, DJ, when he, he does things like that, and then, you know, two possessions later, he went six to six and <laughs> on a 78-yard touchdown drive. So it is hard to criticise him, but, you know, he only, he only completed around half his passes, 18 of 34, and, uh, you know, he had below 200 yards. So, you know, it's not too often you see him coming in below 200 yards. Houston couldn't take advantage of it, though, and, uh, you know, the game really looked like it was going to be over once Ryan Fitzpatrick 
went down with an injury and unfortunately although there's only two games left his season has ended and he was carried off with a broken leg so hopefully he'll he'll return next year um obviously it's disappointing to see any player getting a, a serious injury a broken leg for Fitzpatrick rookie Tom Savage came in and you know he had never thrown a, a pass in the NFL prior to this and uh, you know it, did, it didn't go well for him he was just he definitely looked like he wasn't ready a bit like Johnny Manziel even more so in this year one though does have a strong arm Everyone knew that coming in, but it's just he, he, he's very raw at the moment. We'll, we'll see what he has going forward. You know, the, the Texans are in a situation where the quarterback is a, a major issue for them, and we'll, we'll see now in the offseason what way they go. But like I mentioned, DJ, with Manziel, give him the, the last couple of games to see what they have there. And uh, Tom Savage will get a, a couple of games here to get some experience, and we'll see what the Texans have. If they've maybe unearthed a late round gem, or uh, if it's more like this game, maybe uh, a big dud in the draft. So, JJ Watt. Sounds ridiculous, DJ. Only two sacks, and we're calling that a kind of a quiet game for him. But you know, when he's going on what he has in, in recent weeks, uh, it's a bit of a, a slower one. But this here rules the uh, Texans out of the playoffs, and the Indianapolis Colts have won the division. Case Keenum column is on his way back to the Texans with the injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick and an injury to Mr. Savage. Well, uh, that there. <laughs> It doesn't get much better than for the Houston Texans, and sorry to the Texans fans listening. I uh, said they were out of the the playoff uh, hunt. They're not out of it yet. They're seven and seven. They're projected to be the tenth seed. So we'll see what happens in the AFC in the coming weeks. But I uh, ruled them out maybe a little bit too early. But with the quarterback situation, it looks like it's going to be a long, long, uh, long shot for them to to make the playoffs. Next game up, DJ, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they got a quite a comfortable win here against the Oakland Raiders. One of the toughest games, I would say, of Derek Carr's career so far. He took a real beating, and uh, just overall wasn't much that he could get going. Only 13 points on the day for them. I thought uh, the Chiefs took this game to the Raiders. They lost, obviously, on Thursday night football a couple of weeks back. And this is another game, DJ. We talked about the Browns game. They lost on Thursday night, or they won on Thursday night football against the Bengals, and they got thoroughly reversed here, and this year was one. Remember, the Raiders got their first one of the season against the Chiefs a few weeks back. The Chiefs came to play and uh, got a big win. Looking good on the defensive side of the ball, as you would expect, and then not a lot of downfield stuff from Alex Smith, but a few more downfield balls than normal. Um, it was strange in this game. Anyone in the fantasy playoffs, I'm sure they were disappointed if they owned Jamal Charles. Um, you know, he didn't get a lot, of, a lot of the ball in this one. He went down the field with them, got them into the, inside the five-yard line, went for the rush. Got a quite a strong hit. He was being taken to the sideline then to, you know, they're doing a concussion protocol test on him. And then Niles Davis comes in and rushes up the middle for a, a short touchdown. So he was out of the game then mostly, and he didn't look, even when he was in the game, he didn't look like he was 100%. So disappointing there if you own Jamal Charles, only 52 yards for the day. And, you know, if you're in the playoffs and you had him, you're probably banking on him. And uh, unfortunately for you, you're probably out of the playoffs. I mentioned Alex Smith. There was a few more downfield passes than normal. DJ, 297 passing yards for him. And, uh, the Chiefs going into the playoffs. It's going to be on the strength of their defence if they make it there. Yeah, Colin, you mentioned Derek Carr took some a number of hits in this game, yeah. four sacks and eleven hits. It's just I think the Raiders really need to look at strengthening their O line to protect the quarterback if they want to have him about for a long time. Yeah, well, when his brother was playing for the Texans, DJ was a he got a lot of beating. Uh, when he was there and you know he didn't last too long in the league but then at the start of this season they give him great protection he wasn't getting too many sacks getting a lot of protection a couple injuries now and uh, there's a bit more of a leakage there there's more people getting pressure on him and you know as the season goes on maybe we'll say hit the rookie wall of that but he had a good very very good game last week against the 49ers so as a rookie you're going to up and down play some of those hits are on him some of them are on the offensive line and as you mentioned, DJ, they're they're trying to build forward. They're getting a lot of 
you know older veteran free agents last year we'll see now they're going to try and build through the draft they have their quarterback for the next couple of years at least and they'll be hoping for a longer term but we'll we'll see if they uh, go maybe the Dallas Cowboys route and sort higher higher up in the draft take a few old linemen to give them that a little bit more protection next game up Colin the AFC East champions taking on the <laughs> Miami Dolphins 41-13 Dolphins were very impressive in the first half and mm-hmm. Probably should have been leading. They had 271 yards to the Patriots, 101 yards in at half time, but still trailed 14 to 13. The Patriots then outscored the Dolphins 24 0 in the third quarter. Yeah, it was one of them games, DJ, where you often see with the Patriots it's close, 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 and next thing, bang, game's over. So often you'll see the Patriots like to get the ball, DJ, um, just uh, before the half of the can. They usually defer the kickoff, so they didn't take the kickoff here. Defer the kickoff give the ball to the Dolphins and they were hoping to get a score towards the end of the game half as they normally do in this game it worked a bit different and there was an amazing touchdown grab by Mike Wallace which ended the half put the game very very close and then they came out but they got the ball for the second half and it was a thorough domination as you mentioned in that uh, third quarter 24-0 so the three the three touchdowns and uh, the field goal but Rob Gronkowski was a different man in the second half and him and Brady were linking up very very well he had three catches for 96 yards after the half so that looked very well the game kind of summed up the, the Dolphins season they have a lot of fight in them a lot of good players but they don't seem to just last a pace in some games and we've seen a lot of games where just towards the end of the game they've just lost the game but in this here game they were thoroughly blown out towards the end of it Joe Philbin it's a, an interesting one will he be there next year it's hard to know. He survived last year after the, the situation with Jonathan Martin and all that there, Richie Incognito. We'll see We'll see what happens. Ryan Tannehill, you know, it's same again. Some nice plays, some very bad plays, and we'll, we'll see what happens. There, there was a couple of plays, uh, you know, that he'll definitely want back in this one, but a, a strong win for the Patriots at home where, where they really are rarely beaten, and they're looking to get DJ another bye, so can't say much more than an impressive one here for the Patriots. Yeah, Coleman, in this game, probably was one of the scariest moments of the season for Patriots fans. Julian Edelman described him as Brady Vic when Tom Brady took <laughs> off down the field. And rather than sliding to get the first down, he decided he would drop his shoulder and take the hit and, and get a few words for the Dolphins defensive player after the hit. But hopefully Tom won't be doing that anytime soon. Yeah, that was one that I was very surprised that he... I thought he would have stepped out of bounds. He was right there by the sideline, and he, he took the hit. Took it quite well, actually, and, you know, he didn't... It wasn't like he was overly dominant. He did fall down, but he took it took it quite well. But that's not something you want to see your quarterback doing. It's like every time Rodgers gets hit, every time he, you know, goes for a rush, he's very smart at sliding early. He doesn't take too many big hits, but, you know, when you see your quarterback taking a hit like that, it's just one hit... Like that there, and your season could be all over. We've seen it with Rodgers last year. I know the Packers still made the playoffs, but just one sack, just or fractured collarbone, and you know you, you see what can happen then. So we'll we'll see uh, what happens, DJ, going forward. If he's taking many more of them hits, uh, I think they should be saved for playoff games when it's crucial, maybe third and fours where he has to take them. Another thing Brady's very good at is the quarterback sneak, and a lot of other quarterbacks have started trying it because he's so good at it, but. I just don't always like seeing my quarterback, uh, if it was my quarterback, uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but when they're trying to get that one-yard gain and you know he, he takes the ball out, I don't like seeing all them guys fall on top of the quarterback. So we'll, we'll see uh, how many more chances he takes. But you know if it's in the playoffs, I suppose he'll be thinking it's all or nothing. Next up, DJ Carolina Panthers. This wasn't the greatest game to watch. The Carolina Panthers thoroughly dominated the game, although they barely won it in the end, two-point win. Cam Newton obviously out uh, after the, the injury to his back, and that car crash last week but 
Hopefully he'll be back soon for the Panthers. But Derek Anderson, DJ, played two games this season. Played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice this season and won twice this season. So he's 2-0 and as a starter for the, the Panthers. Have we a quarterback controversy in Carolina? I don't think so. <laughs> Once Cam Newton comes back, he's obviously going to start. But a, a big one here for them. And I thought that... Uh, you know, he he done a very, very good job. Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson both had 100 yards each in this game. And, you know, Greg Olson's very underrated as a tight end. And uh, I've been very impressed with him this season. It'll be interesting to see if he goes to the Pro Bowl. He's another player like Jordy Nelson that hasn't got the nod yet. I think both are deserving of it this season. Kelvin Benjamin, the rookie, uh, 100 yards, as I mentioned. He had some very nice throws. And obviously, it's some throws that weren't all that impressive. But a big win here. Josh McCowan continues to not impress me. Although he did have a rushing touchdown in this one. But uh, out of that, DJ... Not a whole wild pile. The Panthers had the ball down in the red zone a number of times. One of them, a Jonathan Stewart fumble on the goal line, which obviously cost them a, a chance of a touchdown and definitely cost them a chance of a field goal. But overall, these are the Panthers worth the win here and they're playing better in the last few weeks. And this result, DJ, puts them waiting now for the Saints game tonight against the Chicago Bears, puts them tied at the top of the division uh, in that NFC side. So amazing to think. I think that up until last week, they hadn't had a win since I think it was some date in October, maybe October 18th. And uh, now we see them, DJ, that they're, they're top of the division. So absolutely incredible division this year. And I guess you can say this rules the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out. Next game, DJ, it's the Odell Beckham Giants facing the Washington Redskins. Big change in this one, DJ, was uh, injury to Colt McCoy. Obviously, he had a neck injury coming into the game. It was aggravated in the first half. RG3 comes in. And DJ, it was uh, one of his better performances uh, this season. Anyway, he looked, maybe it was just the pressure was off. Made a couple of nice runs that he'd done play at the end of the first half that really summed this game up though was RG3 broke the pocket they had no time left on the clock basically it was the last play he scrambles out and he has to make it to the end zone dives he just gets clipped as he's about to dive and you know it was given as a touchdown on review it wasn't uh, it didn't upheld it was that he had kind of lost control of the ball going over the line and he didn't maintain co- uh, didn't maintain his grip until after he landed and you know it was a, I was surprised it was overturned but the, it was the correct decision but the Redskins players weren't happy there was a number of them in and uh, had a lot to say about it there was two penalty flags thrown there was 15 yard penalty for each one of them I think it was Santana Moss was the main culprit that was in there and uh, then it meant that they were taking the kickoff to start the second half the New York Giants were taking it from I think the 45 yard line so they kind of went for a, a it wasn't really a surprise onside kick but it was kind of a more of a bobble kick and uh, it was hit by a Redskins player and recovered by the, the Giants and then they got a touchdown from that. So that was a big, big turning point there and the game was over after that. A, a win, or another one, uh, three touchdowns here again by Odell Beckham Jr. I put out the question on Twitter earlier, DJ, is it clear that he is the offensive rookie of the year? I think it is clear. A lot of people are saying about Evans. Obviously, people are saying that they're surprised that these two guys have overtaken Watkins, who was the first one taken in the draft. But I have to say, I've been absolutely and thoroughly impressed by him. I think Mike Evans has been tremendous too for Tampa Bay, but Odell Beckham missed those first games and just looks like a different a different class since uh, coming in in those games and racking up a lot a lot of yards and a lot a lot of touchdowns. So uh, you know something there for the for the Giants to hang their hat on after the season to find a gem there in the draft. And a lot of people want to put out that question too. He did send in a, a number of defensive players, including Borland from the Forty ers and uh, as well C.J. Mosley, who is getting a lot of credit as well for his fantastic season. But usually we see offensive players DJ getting the nod here. So. Maybe we'll see RG3 this uh, upcoming week. And of course, don't forget, uh, this week, DJ, we have a game coming up on Saturday. So the, the Redskins game on Saturday. So it's a short week, so a little bit less time for Colt McCoy to get ready for that one. But uh, I would rather watch RG3 anyway than watch Colt McCoy. So uh, not a bad thing if RG3 starts, in my opinion. Carrying on, Colin, with the phrases we haven't had to say too much this season segment, it seems to be on 
every week's show is there's always something that we haven't really had to say, and that's both teams from New York at wins this week. Yeah. Rex Ryan and the Jets managed to get a 16-11 to victory over the Tennessee Titans. Could this be a comeback by the Jets? <laughs> well, maybe is it, it could be the first time this season, DJ, possibly, that the two New York franchises have won in the one week. I'm not quite sure. We definitely haven't said it on the show as a, as a phrase like you used it there. But an interesting one here, DJ, the Jets beat the Titans. The Titans leading a lot of the way through this. Chris Johnson coming back to face his old team, and uh, it was uh, in the end. He had a... He had a bit of a revenge game. Not the best game you'll ever see from a running back, but he had a 37-yard run that set up the Jets' go-ahead touchdown at the end of the game and uh, you know got the win. So the Jets, DJ, got ahead late on, and then there was a bit of dr- drama at the end of this one. I was on a bit earlier to bet on... I can't even remember which game now I said, but I had a bet in this game as well at the Jets to win this game. And a bit of a heart-and-mouth moment, DJ. The, the, the game clock went down to zero. Uh, looked like the game was over. Rex Ryan's walking off the field quite happy. The ref says there's one second left on the play clock. Go back out. Obviously, it's a kind of a Hail Mary situation. It's too far down the field. So they start lateraling it, moving the ball around, trying to make the defence make a mistake. And uh, Whitehurst gives a little lateral over to Delaney Walker, who decides to almost pick up the touchdown. So I had a real heart-and-mouth moment there. I'm sure all Jets fans had, but maybe the Jets fans wanted it because get a higher pick in the draft. They've kind of ruled them out of that number one pick now overall. But a really, really interesting uh, finish to this game. A lot of excitement. But by the time that happened, each of the stadium was uh, basically empty. Everyone kind of left <laughs> long before that. It w- wasn't the most impressive game. But heard a stat, DJ, earlier. I think it might have been Twitter I seen done. This is the first game in NFL history that has finished with a score of 16-11. to 11. So an interesting one there. Um, I'm not too sure if any of the fans that were there will find it all that exciting, but interesting to hear a stat like that every every now and again. That came from a, a safety early in the game that caused the, the odd scoring in this one. Denver Broncos DJ travelled to San Diego and they picked up a win with Peyton Manning at the end of the half going into the uh, into the locker room after thinking they'd got a rushing touchdown in which he'd done a well give him credit for a block. Um you know, I said he'd done a block on Twitter, a lot of people were tweeting back that you know, it wasn't really a block, but it's as much of a block as you'll ever see Pitt and Manning doing for a running back. He thought it was a touchdown, his knee was down, they went back and they'd finish the half with Brock Osweiler because Manning had got in for a, an IV drip and uh, very, very strange scenes and, you know, uh, something that you don't see happening too often. But anyway, Pitt and Manning came back in in the second half and they got the job done. Pitt again not throwing the ball too much, had, had some nice throws and overall it was just get the win and get out of there but the Broncos DJ are running the ball better and they're defending better but they haven't been the firepower in offense that we've seen at the start of the season so it's, it's hard to figure them out at the moment I'm, I'm not quite sure if I have a real handle on this team at the moment we'll see in the next few weeks going forward but I guess get the wins and get into the playoffs they're, I think they're more set up this year for the playoffs as you know when they got into the, the Super Bowl last year they didn't really have a run game they weren't as physical on defense so they got blown out by the Seahawks but we'll, we'll see now they're, they're built more of a with Peyton Manning as their quarterback, they're built more of as a run team at the moment in the last, say, four to six weeks. So we'll see what happens, CJ. But uh, the big blow on this for the for the Chargers was Ryan Matthews missing the game, and I didn't really think they ever stood a chance with him missing. So, but like the game last week, DJ, um, the Chargers uh, against the Patriots, they were held to a low points total, only ten points again. So bad loss here for the Chargers at home. DJ predicted on the podcast in the preview podcast a win for the Vikings and. 
Detroit, and it was very, very close. It ended up being a two-point win for the for the Lions. They didn't really get much going in the first half. The Vikings in the first, say, quarter and a half got out to a 14-point lead, and you know Teddy Bridgewater was firing all cylinders there. He was looking very, very good, and I would say at the moment he's the best rookie quarterback off this group. But he... he and after that then, obviously the Lions started to get into a rhythm on defense and really shut them down, no points after that. The Lions then, you know, just later on in the game that they started to get a little bit more on offense, but a very low-scoring game. I think the Vikings' defensive unit is underrated this season, and uh, it was a game that I thought they could always keep close, but in the end, uh, it just wasn't enough. Blair Walsh, at the end, I think he was going for a 68-yard field goal, and although he almost had the distance, it just uh, was wide anyway. So uh, a big win here for the Lions, putting them ahead of the Packers on uh, that tiebreaker one that they had and obviously putting uh, more pressure on the Packers and they'll face each other in week 17 so the Lions have the Bears coming up and uh, we'll see what that division contest has in store for them Uh, it's three divisional games to end the season for the Detroit Lions and uh, hopefully it's going to be a tough running for them because the Packers need some help DJ's phone obviously going there in the background but we'll continue the show hopefully somebody will pick it up and there'll be no dial tone going on through but uh, did you, were you surprised at how close the, the Vikings kept this game or did you think uh, you know it was what was expected or what, did you, what was your major view on this game I thought the Lions column probably would get a bigger victory against the Vikings but watching the actual game then the Vikings really should have got the win here against the Lions and that would have done favours for your Green Bay Packers but it's really going to come down to the last week of the season for Who's going to win that division? Yeah, and DJ, uh, you mentioned there, you know, it was closer maybe than you thought, but the Lions also blocked a, a chip shot field goal midway through the fourth quarter by Blair Walsh. So that was obviously a huge, huge swing in this game because if they got three points there, they would have won it by a point, obviously, if you're going on the scoreboard. Nearly at the end of all the games, DJ, we're up now to the Seattle Seahawks game against the 49ers. It was 17 7 to the Seahawks. This defense, DJ, is thoroughly back on top form. They're Possibly better in the last four weeks than they were all of last season, but uh, have been very impressive. Held the 49ers to seven points, and I mentioned earlier that questionable call that led to a Seahawks touchdown with the you know the rough and the passer penalty. But you know you, you take the breaks and you have to make advantage of them. I thought in the first half the, the 49ers defense was absolutely superb. They really came to play in this one. But you know Connor Borland then picked up an injury towards the end of the first half, came in and started the second half. But you know you could see that he was clearly in pain, and you know the defense took a dip after that. 49ers took a few big hits here, DJ, and Gore went out with a concussion and then a very nasty kind of ankle twist. His foot was caught under him for Carlos Hyde, and he was going quite well before that ankle injury. And then they did use Alfonso Smith, who, you know, he's not he's, he's not a household name, but he had, he had just six yards off four carries, and they could stop him fourth down towards the end, and that really sealed the game. But the Seahawks, DJ, at home, nobody wants to play them up there in the Century Link Stadium, and uh, this was a game where. You know, the defense is really, really showing how good it is. And you just have to question, DJ, is the offense good enough? But I suppose that was the question this time last year. Was the offense good enough? And, you know, they, they certainly proved that they, they were, DJ. But um, that there wraps up all the games. Obviously, we have the Saints coming up now on Monday Night Football. They're playing against the Chicago Bears. Can the Bears, you know, put up a bit of fight? Obviously, Branton Marshall's out for the rest of the season. And they haven't been all that good. And they haven't been all that good at home either. So the Saints on the road, DJ. I'm surprised they're favoured with the bookies in this one because of how poor they've been in recent weeks as well. But I guess, you know, they have a chance here, DJ, to go to the top of that division. I mentioned it's a bit of a tie, a bit of a jumbled mess up at the top of it at the moment with the Panthers up there. But the Saints can take first place again with the loss of the Falcons and the way things are, they can take uh, first place again. How do you see this game going? Are you going for a, a Saints win on the road or are you going to give the Bears a, a win at home? 
I think with the way the Saints have been playing in recent weeks, Callum, I'm going to have to go with a Bears win here. Probably will surprise some people, but Callum, I'm going to have to go with a Bears win, even though the Saints really need a win here to keep their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I, I can't... I don't have much faith in either of these teams, DJ. It's not a game that I'm particularly confident picking one way or the other. I think the Saints obviously need the game more, but I think we'll see the Bears. Obviously, they've had a wee bit of extra rest. They're playing back-to-back home games. They lost to the Cowboys in Thursday Night Football last week, so a bit more rest. Playing back-to-back home games should be a little bit more comfortable. The Saints aren't a good outdoor team, and we know in Chicago around this time of the year. I haven't looked at the weather for tonight's game, but it can be very, very cold up there. So I'm going to give the home field advantage, obviously, to the home team, which makes perfect sense, but I think the Saints might struggle a little bit in those conditions, and I'm going to give a surprise win here for the Bears at home, and no, I guess this this division's going to go down to the end of the season. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Panthers five eight and one. That tie with Cincinnati obviously puts them top of that division. The Saints could stay at five and eight, and then we have or they'll go to five and nine. Sorry, and the Falcons five and nine. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all finishes up towards the end of the season. But DJ, that there basically wraps up the show. Outside of picking who won the T-shirt for the closest correct score competition. Competition time with OTI. So DJ, uh, competition time here, the closest to the correct score in this one was a guy who goes by the name of Brass Magnet. I'm not quite sure, I doubt that is his official name. It says here that he's from Wisconsin, so possibly a fellow Green Bay fan, maybe a little bit disappointed after the result of the weekend, maybe trying to get a little bit of a, you know, something to make him a little bit happier, and he is the winner of this week's competition. He predicted a score of 16-13, which was the closest. It was a 17-7 game. He predicted it in favour of the Seahawks, which of course was correct. So he was the closest. Correct. We had a number very close. We did a bit of mathematics to make sure he was the right winner. But he is. His Twitter handle is at Scatapulter, I think is how you say it. But not 100% sure if that's correct. But we'll be in touch with Mr. Brass Magnet, if that is your real name, to get that top sent all the way to Wisconsin. So congratulations on winning this week's OTI T-shirt competition. We'll have another one coming up this weekend so do stay tuned and to the overtime twitter feed for your opportunity to win that obviously DJ, now that is basically everything wrapped up for the show we'll be back later in the week with our preview show for week 16 so uh, not too many weeks left but we're getting very close to the playoffs obviously the patriots are going to be in it hopefully the packers make it in and hopefully they'll get two wins to, to finish it out and possibly have a little bit more home field advantage so we'll see what happens DJ, in the upcoming week but uh, i'm sure until then you'll be thinking uh, all too happily about your Patriots Divisional Championship. So until we're back later in the week with another show, my name's Colm. And I'm DJ. Make sure to follow Overtime Ireland on Twitter. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.